Welcome to So What Do You Think, a podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jay and with me here is B. Hello. Well, tonight we have a case that might be one of the weirdest we've ever covered um, and it might actually be a little bit too much for some people. So it's super gross. It involves toilet stuff. So oh. if, you're, if you're triggered by poop, talk please consider skipping this episode. (laughs) We're going to go there. It's going to be gross. But I think that as far as like cases go and we try and pick the really, really weird ones, this definitely fits all of our criteria. So I had to, like, even I had to really think long and hard about whether I did this one. That's how gross it is, right? But in the end, I decided, you know, bite the bullet though, because it's just that weird and it deserves to be talked about. So So tonight we're talking about Nayuki Sugano, the man who died in a septic tank. Okay. What a way to go, starters. Yuck, gross, disgusting. Right, I'm assuming you haven't heard of this one? No, no, but I feel like it's a conversation that's been had. (laughs) Yeah, true, true. Septic tank. Yeah, portaloos. It's kind of almost like a... um, irrational fear that everyone has that they'll end up like I know we go camping a lot and we go to drop toilets well um, we've okay. been camping together and let's yep. what was it we were there for two two nights two nights and I didn't poop the whole time we were there <laughs> because I don't like using those damn drop toilets did you hear about the girl recently who dropped her phone down there and went to try and get it and ended up in there oh no and that's like stuff that like my nightmares are made of yeah and I'm sure I am really sure that there was one x-files episode that involved some creature that was hanging out in drop toilets no, they so, were, was. yeah 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 so yeah. my fears were not completely irrational yeah yeah well look yeah this, this case doesn't involve monsters or anything like that but it is do, does involve toilets so <laughs> So um, even though I hadn't heard of this case, it was just sort of like I was actually researching an entirely different case. And, you know, when you go on Reddit, sometimes, you know, you'll have your question that you're, you're looking at the replies to and down the bottom, they'll like list other threads that might be similar to what you're looking at. And this one came up and I was like, okay, that sounds weird and clicked on it. And I was like, okay, this definitely needs to be talked about once I read about <laughs> it. So, all right. So. We're in Fukushima in Japan, where years later they would have the horrific nuclear disaster. But for this story, we're in 1989, so it's before all of that. So we're we're on February 28th in a village called Miyakoji. It was 5pm and a female teacher, whose name is never released in relation to this story, so we're just going to call her Yuki for the sake of the ease of the story, Um, She is finishing work for the day. As she gets home, she decides that she needs to use the toilet. Now, we're talking squat toilets here, so we need to actually paint a picture for those people that don't know what a squat toilet is. Have you used squat toilets before? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've used them in Singapore when I was in Singapore last, yeah. I think I used them on a boat. On a boat? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Some foreign country somewhere. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. look, I've used them in some Asian countries. Essentially, there's like no seat. So you're not sitting on a chair per se. You're just kind of squatting over a hole in the ground. 
Now, the one I've used before is like, they've got like a base to them. So you're not actually like just squatting over the top of a drop toilet. Um, you don't see down into the tank or anything like that. You just kind of go on the white bit and it just goes down. I'm trying to be descriptive, but not too descriptive at the same time here. It's um, weird. Like there's just a hole in the floor. There's a hole in the floor, but the one I've used, I think it was in Singapore airport, you couldn't see down into the hole. It was more like a you got a hose and you kind of hose things away. Uh, they, yeah, I've seen ones that are like hole in the floor, just stand over the top of it. Yeah, and I think this is what we're dealing with in this case is that yeah. we've got essentially a drop toilet without a chair component yeah. to it. Yeah. In some like really crazy places where there's like, you know, third world places, it's like, yes, use the toilet. And it's like a hole has been dug and there's two planks of wood that you stand <laughs> on. Yeah. And you just go. And you just so. do what you got to do. Yeah, once I I was in Thailand and I was up in the mountains about to go whitewater rafting sort of in this little village and had to go and you sit down and you soon realise that like there's no toilet paper because their sewerage systems can't deal with toilet paper. So and it's also not a cultural thing either over there. So I'm looking around and all there is is like a bucket of water. (laughs) Okay, so essentially you have to clean with your hand with the water and yeah I wasn't really a fan of that but look it's a cultural thing yeah so anyway oh, so- no, there's judgment there's there's judgment from <laughs> yeah look the, the judgment is that I don't want to do it that way but during during the fine. um you know for anyone who ever does end up in these sorts of situations a uh, little tip that my mum you know wanted to teach me during the pandemic we've all just been through we've all lived through um there was obviously the bizarre situation with the toilet paper crisis and everyone um thankfully we were all pretty good my family like we all looked out for each other so you know if you could get an extra six pack you would because you knew someone else wouldn't be able to get it because of all the crazy people Mm -hmm. but my mum was like telling us all about how you can just do a quick DIY bidet by using an old pump water bottle. <laughs> hey, look, that sounds very practical, I got to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also have another, I also know another girl, another friend who's like obsessed with bidets and has pretty much like not ever gone back. Like that's her thing now. Yep. She hates having to use toilet paper. Right, well, um, yeah, look. Yeah, not to get into the um, the details of toileting, um, we won't go too far into that. But yes, look, everyone does it differently. Whatever works for you is all I'm going to say. Pump but bottle we, can do it. Yeah, yeah. So, so as far as Yuki goes, though, she's using squat toilet that is essentially like a long drop, right? Yeah. So she goes into the toilet, end of a long day, needs to go, goes to drop trowel has a look inside a little hole before she goes to have a squat and realises there's a shoe in there. Okay. Yeah, so she's like, okay, that's weird. Maybe someone's thrown something down there. Yep, fair enough. So she goes, all right, I'm going to go check it out because you can't really see too much down the hole that's actually inside the house. But she decides that she's going to go outside and check the tank side of things. So in this case, we need to describe the toilet situation as it was for Yuki. I'm going to put pictures up on social so that everyone can visualise it because it is hard to visualise. But essentially, this situation of the toilet is a U shape, 
right? So the squatting bit is inside. That's one of the upper ends of the U. On the other end of the U is outside of the building. So we've got an inside bit, we've got an outside bit, and it's like a U shape, right? The outside bit hole is only 36 centimetres, so just over a foot wide, but the inside bit is only 20, 20 centimetres, so it's much smaller. So small holes, U-shaped situation, the bottom of the U is like the collection section, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, the bottom of the U is 125 centimetres long, so quite small. The whole situation is quite small and compact. So the point of having the outside bit is so that someone can come along with like a tank and drain the, drain the whole septic situation, much like you do in caravan parks. Someone comes along with a big sucking device, sucks it all out, takes it away. So anyway, Yuki figures someone's thrown some stuff in there. There's the outside access, so it's possible that someone's done this. She goes outside and she takes a look inside the outside component of the hatch. She opens the hatch and has a look, and she's extremely shocked to see not a shoe, but feet. She sees the feet of someone. Freaks her out. She calls the police straight away, and they find that, yes, there is, in fact, a dead person in there. Now I will send you a photo. If anyone is listening to this, please have a look at this photo just so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about because I don't know if I can actually accurately impart how crammed in there this guy was. This was a tiny septic tank and he was positioned head first, laying on his back with his head under the toilet bit and his legs folded up on the outside of the U-arm. Have you got the photo? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on seeing that picture? I don't understand how he was in there in that position. Yeah, it kind of starts to make you question how we even got in there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, so if you can have a look at the picture, please do, because it will paint a bit of a better image than what I can ever explain. Um, now, the police find, yes, there is a man in here. They try and pull him out. It's impossible. Don't know how he got in there because they can't actually get him out of there. Everyone wonders how the hell he got in there. They end up having to destroy the entire thing just to get him out. So they had to basically destroy the bathroom on the inside of the building. Um, but they do, they do that and they get him out. So, yes, it's a man. He's wearing pants but no shirt. In fact, his shirt is folded neatly and he's, like, hugging it against his chest. Now, the shoe was just beside his head but only one of them. The other one was not in the tank with him. He has no injuries bar some minor scratches. He is absolutely covered, submerged in shit. And the cause of death is found to be hypothermia. It is winter in Japan at the time. Yeah. He's been dead for two days. He was identified as 26-year-old Naoyuki Sagano. So, thoughts so far? Weird. What do you think he was doing in there? <laughs> no idea. Yeah, you can't think of why someone might want to be in a toilet. <laughs> be a pervert? Yeah, well, this is sort of the... The main theory of the case, I suppose, is that he was trying to trying to catch a glimpse of something. But, I mean, that's so extreme, right? To us, we don't have that sort of fetish, so it is extreme to us. Yeah, that's pretty extreme to go to those lengths to catch a glimpse. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to kink shame anyone, but my life ethos is do what you want as long as you're not hurting anyone. So, look, 
I'm feeling though that this is extreme for a fetish, I've got to say. But that's not just like getting a peep. That's like you've got to be okay with urine and fecal matter as well. All over you. Yeah, exactly. All over you. And yeah, potentially um, in your face. Oh, well, I think that might have been the point. Like maybe, look, I get maybe he wanted to see girls poop up close and personal. Uh, maybe he gets off on someone actually pooping on his face or peeing on his face or whatever. But, like, honestly, where was his risk assessment in all of this, you know? I just, I just don't understand the thought processes at play here, really. No. I mean, that's if he went in of his own volition, you know. If, if so, he's gone in headfirst, just down just over one metre and then somehow turned himself upside down, got himself onto his back into, like, prime butthole viewing position. Um, mm. How did he think he was going to get out? You know, you can't come out of that. No, and also, would he see that much? Well, this is the other question, yeah, like, but to be honest, like, you wouldn't know that until you actually got into that position, would you? Yeah. Look, it's, you know, it's, it's clear to me that just looking at it from the outside that it would have been virtually impossible to get back out again, you know, and I just don't know that he wouldn't have realised that. Mm. But that's an extreme drive to to go and do something kinky that transcends logic to me, you know. This is the police's theory, though. There was no evidence of anyone else being involved. Local people were outraged, to say the least. They mm. even got a petition together to try and get police to reopen the case because they just could not believe that Sagano was such a deviant sort of person. Um, yeah. I mean, remember, this is Japan, you know, it's all very proper. So let's have a look at who Sagano was. Well, like I said, he was 26 years old and he worked actually at the Fukushima nuclear plant and he oversaw safety. He was very active in the community. He worked as a youth leader and was often like the MC at weddings and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, he'd been missing since the 24th, so two days before his death and four days before he was discovered. His father was the last one to see him and see, said that he seemed normal and happy at the time. He was just ducking out to run some errands and never came back. Something else that I came across that was quite interesting was that he had been helping out with a local election campaign. So they had like a the local um, candidate elections happening at the time. And he was campaigning strongly for the current head of the village that he lived in. He did that for a long time, but then all of a sudden, just one day, suddenly inexplicably withdrew his support for this person and never really said why. So this obviously leads to the question, you know, why did he change his mind all of a sudden? Did he find out about some sort of shady dealings or something, you know? Definitely interesting information, I think. A rumour also started going around later that Sagana was actually having an affair with Yuki, who was actually engaged to a friend of his, so they knew each other. So he was, if he was creeping, he was creeping on someone he knew. Okay. Yuki had actually been receiving weird prank phone calls before all of this as well. So I guess we do need to ask, did Sagano go in by himself to try and creep up on his friend's girlfriend slash fiance? Or did someone, could someone have put Sagano in the tank? What do you think about someone putting him in there? Well, even putting someone in there would be impressive. Yeah. How did they put him in there? Was he conscious when they put him in there? Wouldn't there have been a bit of a fight? Like, I think there would have been more injuries on him if they were trying to do it while he was alive. Yeah. 
and that's the thing is that we know that he was alive in there for two days before he died. So was he unconscious? Was he conscious? Like, yeah. I find it really hard to imagine someone putting him in there actually and like being able to twist him around onto that's his back. Right. And for me, that's it. I'm not sure how he got into the position. It's hard enough to get him in there, let alone in the position that he is in. Yeah. And also, like, he's got his shirt off and he's like folded it neatly and he's like holding it onto his chest. Like, what's that about? You know, you know, I just think someone putting him in there would have been really fiddly. And time-consuming, not to mention messy probably as well. Mm-hmm. I just really struggle to see it as being a possibility. One interesting thing that they ended up finding was that they actually found his other shoe, but it wasn't at the crime scene. It was in a creek bed a little ways away from where his car was. So who moved the shoe? How did the shoe get over there? That's a, a question I have. His car, as I said, was there at the site. The keys were in the ignition. The door was unlocked. So it does look like he didn't really plan on being there for long, like he was just sort of ducking out. I mean, if he did go in himself, he must have known that it was going to be like a long undertaking to do it, I think, you know. Maybe he just completely misjudged the size of the tank. Did he? Was he maybe doing like a trial run? Was he checking it out and accidentally got stuck? Like... I don't know, I just feel like at some point you're going to realise that this is not going to be physically possible, you know? Also, what was his plan for the fact that he would have been, like, completely emerged in shit? What, is he going to go back in his car and drive away like that? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of um, practical elements. His car was just right there next to where he where the toilet block, well, where the dormitory was, where the toilet block was. Okay. Was there anything else in his car? No, nothing of note anyway. Okay. It also looked like he'd like folded up his shirt, right? That's really weird. Why Why fold your shirt up and hold it? You must have known that that wasn't going to keep it clean, you know? Yeah. Why not just undress completely and leave your clothes outside if you're going to go in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so gross and weird and I just can't get my head around it really. When they extracted his body, it was so filthy that they actually had to deep clean it multiple times before they could carry out an autopsy because it was just like this body has been sitting in filth for four days, sort of dirty, you know. Could it have been that he just wasn't the brightest spark and grossly underestimated the level of difficulty and the element of filth maybe? I guess that's possible. I mean, it's a septic tank though. Like it it's literally tank. He's works at a nuclear power plant and he's meant to be the head of safety. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't bode well, does it? No. I mean it's a septic tank. It's literally a tank full of shit. Yeah. Oh God, I'm just gagging just thinking about it. Like what a way to go. Like even if this was a kinky thing, man, you must have known. Oh, just laying in crap the entire time. Another interesting element to the story is that Yuki had been away on leave from February 24th to the 27th, something that Sagano would have known about because it was the funeral of the Japanese Emperor Shawa on the 24th. So the entire country took three days off to mourn and Yuki went back to her hometown and we know that he knows her. So she wasn't even going to be there when he was in the tank, you know? Hmm. So in that case, what was even the point of going into the tank to fulfill your fetish if you knew that for the next three days, nobody would be home to use the toilet anyway? 
I mean, did he really want to just lay in shit for three days? <laughs> no. That's when it just starts getting really, really weird. And like I said, it's winter. It's freezing cold. This guy died of exposure. I just don't know whether I buy that, you know. I don't know. What do you think? Just none of this makes any sense. I don't see why any person would go in there willingly. I don't see how any person could get be forced in there unwillingly. Yeah, it's almost like no possibility is possible. Yeah. Why would you go in there knowing that the risks, even just the fact that it was winter, like Hmm. that should be enough to put you off? Yeah, because it's going to be cold down there. I think without knowing why, if he went in there willingly, if he was, he planned it without knowing what his, what he wanted the outcome to be, you can't say why he would risk doing that. Mm. Yeah, like we're we're just sitting here going, why did he go in there? Oh, maybe it was kinky. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. We don't know. We'll never know why he went in there. So no. you can't establish why he would be prepared to. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like every time you try and make it work in your brain, it just think you just think to yourself. I guess you just got to look at it as we are thinking as rational people and he was not a rational person at that particular point in time. So therefore you can't rationalize it. Yeah. And I guess you could get into like psychotic break territory and that sort of yeah. thing. But I, he, I I have found nothing to suggest that he had any signs that that was the way he was going to go or anything like that. Yeah. Um, that's a hell of a action to take, even if you do have a psychotic break, even the act of taking your shirt off and folding it off, like how, how folding it up, how does that fit into everything? What's your thought process when when doing that? Because it's not like he took it off while he was down there. He would have had to have taken it off, you know what I mean, like to before he went down there and held on to it. Okay, mm. so he's doing that maybe so it doesn't get dirty, which tells, tells me that maybe he didn't underestimate just how gross it was going to be down there. I don't know. Um, but he must have known that it was still going to get dirty, you know. Mm. Another angle that I sort of looked at, and I don't don't think this actually was too heavily looked at in what I've read about this case. Everyone just seems to like write it off as a kink as far as this case goes. Yep, he was he was trying to get a get a look at some buttholes. Um, that was the end of it. It was misadventure. But I don't know. I just never felt like that was the flavor of this to me. And I always sort of thought maybe this could have been like a suicide thing. One month before this event, there was actually an incident at the power plant. It was a really big deal and one of the reactors had to be shut down. Now, like we said, Sagano was responsible for safety. His colleague, who was responsible for the actual reactor, ended up taking his own life. So, you know, maybe this was like a symbolic suicide, you know, like I messed up and I deserve to die in a tank full of shit. I don't know. What do you think about that? There is the, in South Park, I didn't know this until I saw South Park. Um, and I don't know how true it is, but there's an episode where the owner of Shitty Shitty Walk, sorry, City Walk. Um, well, he says Shitty Walk. Welcome mm. to Shitty Walk. Um, <laughs> is annoyed because a Japanese man opens a sushi restaurant next door, and they have a fight, and they talk about, and then they go into this whole thing about the differences between Chinese people and Japanese people. And the Chinese guy says that Japanese people like to commit suicide. Apparently it's a thing. Um, yeah. Japanese yeah. people have high rates of suicide. It's so, like an honour thing. Yeah, it yeah. is sort of, uh, look, 
I don't want to say the words culturally acceptable because I don't mm. think that people are going around just sort of taking their own lives just right really mm. nilly but it is sort of attached to honor and if you're in a bad situation it can be sort of the honorable way out I think it's probably more a historical sort of thing I don't know how pervasive it is in today's society but well, according to the South Park who knows everything they do they're pretty good no they're pretty spot on <laughs> pretty spot on usually yeah so it's yeah still, was- it's still significant enough for them to be able to say yeah. that yeah that's it I wouldn't rule it out yeah and it's just a thought that I had like I just kept thinking why would you go in there knowing that you couldn't get out and then I thought well maybe he didn't intend to get out you know yeah. maybe going in was the end game you know yeah now, Sagano's dad never thought that he got in there by himself. Um, he ended up making a replica of the tank and he found that there was just like no way anyone could get into that tank. Apparently, the average shoulder width of the Japanese man at the time was 40 centimetres and the opening was only 20, uh, 35 centimetres. But I just don't feel like that really helps us because like we know that he did get in there, <laughs> you know. It's all willing good to say, no, he couldn't get in there. It's impossible. Yeah, but, but also he, you can change the position of your shoulders and things like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I kind of imagine what it would I take. I used to, to be able, I mean, not now, but I used to be able to fit through a cat door. So Yeah, I think that you can probably manipulate your body a little you bit, can. you know. I sort of imagine like almost like a diving with my arms above my head sort of situation, you know, yeah. like to decrease your shoulder width. But right. we do know Shit. that he, he kind of went in head first with his arms crossed across his chest holding his shirt. Yeah. So that, like my brain just can't make that work, you know. It's like he teleported in there, really, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, like what the hell happened to this guy, you know. <laughs> Although it seems like there was some shadiness in his life at the time, I just feel like it's just, as close to impossible as it comes, really, somebody putting him in there. I just don't think that anyone could have physically put him in there. I just sort yeah. of imagine this situation where you're trying to almost like stuff someone in head first and they just kind of don't bend around the corner and you just get stuck with this person's legs hanging out the top of the tank. Like that's the image that I get if you were going to try and do something like that, you know? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think you could put someone in there? Yeah, I can't think about this sort of stuff without seeing it. Yeah, I need a model. Yeah, we need we need MythBusters or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I need to see the space in front of me to be able to. Yeah, and there are photos of like the actual tank entrance, and it does look really small. Like I don't yeah. know, I don't know. It would have been a struggle for even like a little kid to get in there, I reckon. But or well, he did because he was in there, and we know that he went yeah. in there. You know. We know that he went missing two days before he died. So was he in there that entire time? You know, like what a way to go. Was he calling out for help? Would someone have heard him if he was calling out for help? Surely. Yeah, you'd think, right? Like I said, everyone tends to write this case off as like an extreme fetish gone wrong. But I don't know. Look, I'm not ruling it out. I think that it's a distinct possibility, but. I don't know. I just am not 100% sold on it, I guess. Like, I mean, I know that people like weird and sometimes gross shit. Like, that's just life. But I can't get past him knowing that he would be in there for three days before she came home, you know. He would have known that he wasn't looking at a butthole for the next three days, you know. Yeah. Unless he was testing it out first and he just did not realise how small that tank was. That's maybe. the only other thing I can think of. Yeah. That's- Is that... Yeah, exactly. Style run. 
a trial run yeah exactly something mm-hmm. like that like that's the only way it works for me as far as being a kink gone wrong is yeah you know, is if he was literally testing out the situation but like even if you're somehow fine with laying in excrement excrement for three days you must know that you're going to freeze like there's snow on the ground it's that cold it's a cold yeah. cold winter at the time you know and why take your shirt off can't get past that either <laughs> like you know why was the shoe above his head as well? How did that get up there? And where, why was the other one in the creek? They're, these are questions that I have too, you know. There's certainly no room to pull a shoe off while you're in there and throw it above your head, that's for sure. The whole thing's just bizarre, you know. I mean, it actually has elements of the Joshua Maddox case, don't you think, the guy in the chimney? Same sort of thing. Like, no, he couldn't have gone in from the bottom. He couldn't have gone in from the top. How the hell did he get in there? You yeah, know? and I'm also thinking about the guy in the... Um duffel bag as well yeah that was the kinky bag shit you know that does look like that was kinky shit yep yeah um yeah yeah. so yeah so what are you putting your money on was a test run gone wrong okay yep yeah i think that maybe 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 the reason he didn't scream for help is because of the shame and embarrassment that he would have to deal with yes no i can totally see that yeah yeah, I think that it either has to be that or it's a suicide thing. I, yeah. I just think it's got to be one of the two, you know. He had to have known he wasn't coming out of there. I just don't understand how he wouldn't have known that. Like, even if you didn't know how big the tank was and you underestimated it, just going in you would have been like, oh, shit, this is a bit tighter than I thought it was going to be. Mm, maybe not such a good idea, you know. I feel like that would be my thought process. <laughs> yeah, again, like I said, we can't go into these things with our thought process. <laughs> No, we just don't have the same thought process. No, we don't. No. And like we said, there is a cultural tolerance of suicide. And, you know, in some instances, it's seen as like a morally responsible course of action. You know, he had had this issue at the power plant. So maybe for whatever reason, maybe the work stuff, he felt that he was beyond redemption and that a septic tank was where he was meant to perish. You know, it's just been a really weird sort of, this is my final resting place because I'm a piece of shit sort of thought train yeah yeah Yeah, you know but yeah they're the they're my I would say I probably lean more towards it being a suicide because I just can't wrap my brain around thinking that you could get in there and out again but I think that there is a minor possibility that it was just like a misjudgment of things Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a gross one it's a weird one I hope nobody's been too grossed out with it or as grossed out as I was writing it I think we've done okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We've done all right. We've done all right. I deal with poop all the time, so you know. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. For me, I used to. I used to actually live on a dairy farm for a short period of time when I was a kid, so I understand where you're coming from. I do feel like cow shit is very different to human shit. Um. <laughs> yeah, but even when I was vet nursing, it was still. Yeah, still dealt with. Oh yeah, Dude. a lot of poo. The amount um, of poo that has been on my person over the years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like finding it in my pocket later on, you know. Yeah. like I have literally had pocket poos too, for sure. Doing oh. enemas whilst having your lunch break because you've got no other option. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> you literally just do what you got to do. Good times. Um, <laughs> you know, you'll catch poop in your hand if you need a sample. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah if it's that important you'll do yeah. it i've cut i've cut i've have i've cupped my hand and caught we for urine samples like you gotta yeah. do what you gotta do having said that though in all of the years of uh, working with animals i have always said like that i have no interest in doing human because humans are gross oh my god yeah my sister's a human nurse there's no way i could do that no no all disgusting y'all are disgusting and i do not desire to sit in a septic tank full of your shit (laughs) no matter how bad i think i've been (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone let us know what you think very very gross yes we agree but what do you think happened to sagano did he get in there on his own did someone else put him in there and why the hell was he in there in the first place Come over to socials and let us know what you think and we'll uh, keep chatting about it. But until then, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye.